The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, myself, Tommy Dreamer, Sam Roberts, and Jonathan Hood talk about the top 10 worst booking decisions in pro wrestling history. It's a hot topic, and we do it with the nation right now on the Busted Open Podcast. We got bad booking decisions from all over. We got callers in Staten Island, Nashville, Tennessee, California, Southern California, New York City, Idaho, Ohio, Syracuse, New York. Tommy Dave Reed Cities. That's right. Shit stain New Jersey. We got it all, Tommy. All right. I gave a little teaser about how I would have ended up on the worst booking decision of all time. I've said this before and I'll say it again. And thank goodness for Terry Funk, the voice of reason. Uh, I've said I wanted to when we had all this uh, Todd Gordon being the mole and all these WCW people coming in. I wanted to legit get shot in the middle of the ring with a sniper uh, somehow me and Paul are arguing about it. Paul's not letting me get shot, not because he cared about me, because he was worried about it. the bullet ricocheting through my body. But I'm hardcore. I would have come back in three weeks, maybe a month. And uh, Terry Funk, the voice of reason, tells me uh, it's a stupid idea. Paul's like, thank you. Thank you. Um, but he's like, because when my dad got shot, they came back with a Texas death match. And after that match, the houses died because if a man shoots you, because Terry Funk's father, Dory, got shot on television. And when he came back to face the assailant in a Texas death match and they went to a draw, when somebody tries to kill you or shoot you and you don't kill them or shoot them back, then it'll kill your business. <laughs> Think of pro go. wrestling. And honestly, like, you know, yesterday when we had Kerry Von Eric when he's talking about his father and Toto Rattan talked about his father, it really said a lot. Like, I know my mindset, everything was for ECW, again, a much different time, but it's a family business and you're fighting for your life where it's just like, you know, he's like, I love my father. My my brothers loved their dad. He's not going to be portrayed in this, but you're running a business and you're fighting for your life as well as you're on top. And, you know, people don't understand I've run a wrestling company and how close you come to like national television or how many it's like all of a sudden all these guns are pointed at you from other wrestling companies. When you're starting out, you have to deal with every little problem. And so I totally got it. And I understand what uh, he was talking about uh, with his family, but. I I mean, honestly, if I would have gotten shot for real, I think it would have been the worst booking decision of all time. I have a feeling, Tommy, it would be on my top 10 list. Yeah, I think so. And and if that happened, I don't know if we'd be talking right now if that had happened. No, I'm, dude, I'm hardcore. I could survive a bullet, no problem. All right, so, you know, uh, we have pack phones. We have a full bank of phone calls that want to do this. We will get to the nation, I promise. But, Tommy, why don't you kick us off and do your 10 through 6, top 10 worst booking decisions of all time? 
Had a lot of fun doing this, by the way. But uh, like I said, uh, just when you all think you have all the answers, I changed the questions. I did this for booking decisions that had like really, really devastating effects, whether on the company, the character or the trajectory of the future. So here we go. Number 10. Are you ready for this, David? This one's yes. going to get you big. Hangman Bobby Jaggers dumping horse manure on Scott Casey for um, um, wrestling down in uh, Texas and why that was so big because it aired on the USA Network and why that was even bigger because of it. They got kicked off. Southwest Championship Wrestling was on the USA Network. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, think of that. Because of this one booking incident, they get kicked off of the USA Network, allowing the WWE to slide in and think of that decision. And we talk about trajectory. Southwest Championship Wrestling didn't uh, go on much after that. And think of how the, the course of the business changed right then there. Gave WWE national television. It's unbelievable when you think about that. But yeah, that, you know, what we talk about with the NWA with TBS, um, Tommy, it was USA. And that USA was kind of like the home for WWF. That door would never have been opened if it wasn't for that incident. That's a great number 10, Tommy. Well, thank you. Um, number nine. If you remember the time, it was a golden era. We would wear sweatpants that had American flags on it, boat neck T-shirts. That's right. The Lex Express was rolling through every area to the big payoff of a countout. And then what do they do? They drop confetti. They have the wrestlers hit the ring that this build and the Lex Express was built for a long, long time. Uh, we've learned why in Lex's own documentary on A&E, why all that stuff happened. But what a horrible payoff for a multi-month, almost a year build of the Lex Express. Starts with the body slam, rolling through town, and they're going to make this guy the guy to win by countout. Did it hurt Lex Luger? I felt it did, not career-wise, but I, if he wasn't as hot as he was when he was in WCW, NWA, WCW coming to the WWE the way he did. Uh, Lex was the man. Like I'm, I'm such a big Lex Luger fan, uh, and he doesn't get enough credit for how good he was in the ring um, when he finally got it. And man, that was a horrible booking decision. I still don't understand why they did that. I thought it was ridiculous. I remember even laughing that they had confetti falling down and he didn't win the championship. Made absolutely no sense. It got over the countout, brother. They were really building for that countout. Uh, number eight, I was a part of it. Uh, the business crashes. How are we going to get it up? Uh, WCW takes over WWE on a Monday Night Raw. Uh, was it Buff Bagwell versus Booker T? People crap all over at Seattle, Washington. Who do we got to call? We got to save this dying angle. Let's call Rob Van Dam and Tommy Dreamer. We debut, changes the course. We get the fans. WCW joining with ECW. I was like, huh, what the hell? What do you mean? Call the hotline. This isn't going to be the best, but we're going to make it work. And then right off the bat, we get the people hooked. And then that first pay-per-view, that they did with the Alliance and uh, everybody in between. And then all the WWE people beat everyone part of the Alliance. The angle was a one and done. And you could have had so many amazing future matchups and built heat because the, the business is over, but they were treating it like the business was still that they, they were still competition. And it really, really hurt the business because the next pay-per-view they did the numbers were very, very much in decline, and it was a real lull part in the wrestling industry. That's a great one, too. I mean, so far, Tommy, the, all the, the moments you have, I do not have on my list. I feel like our list is going to be completely different. Nice. Uh, number seven, another one that I was there live for, and 
I saw people walking out the moment it happened when TNA did not put the title on Bobby Roode versus Kurt Angle in Philadelphia. They were so invested in one B Roode, and I felt there was been so many letdowns in that uh, regime, and it was the last hope. The place was packed. It was the last hope that they were going to do the right thing, and then they did the wrong thing, and it was done. And all that bad ill will that TNA had put into it was like the final straw and people did not come back and and it was almost the you know starting the demise and then uh thankfully new manager came on uh and you know what we see where there's a lot of positive spin but I want to say it's been seven to eight years of that stink that laid on like man they just keep letting us down and Tommy, you you have goodwill up to a point, right? And I think in Philadelphia, that's when the fans just gave up. And there's so many what ifs when it comes to Bobby Roode, Tommy. I look at Bobby Roode's career, and I don't know if we're ever going to see Bobby Roode back in a squared circle again. And he should be somebody that we talk a hell of a lot more about. And I think if that moment would have been different in Philadelphia, we would be talking about Bobby Roode more. Well, I mean, Bobby had a you know, a great career in WWE. He got injured and uh, don't know if we'll ever see Bobby again, but I got heat with Bobby because of uh, some personal reasons. So he's dead to me. So there you go. Okay, um, well, let's speak of him again. <laughs> never mention the name Bobby Roode. Ravishing Rick's son. Anyway, um, that was one of my favorite, Bobby. I don't have heat with Bobby. I love Bobby. Um, one of my favorite Virgil comes up to Bobby Roode and tells, "Tell your dad I said hello." Bobby oh was just my like, "God, that's amazing. okay. That's it. That's it. We could end the show right now. <laughs> that's it." My number six for this, and my last one for this segment. Toto and Tom mentioned it, but there's a little bit more of a backstory. The AWA not once, but twice in the same building, having Hulk Hogan win the title just to take it off of him on television. And, I mean, you talk about excitement. You talk about, I mean, we are in the throes of Hulkamania. Hulkamania is alive and well, and we talk about Hulk Hulkamania, but we always refer to Hulkamania when he defeated the Iron Sheik in Madison Square Garden. No, Hulkamania existed before it. You had this meteor. That's going to do this great business. And you screw your fan base over twice. Damn you, Stanley Blackburn, you son of a bitch. <laughs> and you take the title off the hottest guy. Um, and uh, after that, Hulkster. And yes, there was stuff behind the scenes with merchandise. But the Hulkster goes to the WWF and the rest is history. You had You had that. And you didn't capitalize on it. And I, I even remember Tommy the magazines like in Pro Wrestling Holding up that title. If you like, remember, Dave, I don't mean to cut you off, but if you remember him holding up that AWA title the same exact way he held up the WWF title. Oh, God. You're right. You had it. That's like, I mean, WCW, you didn't know you had Steve Austin, you had, but you didn't have Stone Cold Steve Austin. You had Hulkamania. You had the ripping of the shirt. You had the eye of the tiger. You had everything, and you blow it. Think of that. Never the same. Change, change the course of pro wrestling history. All right, that was your 10 to 6. Let's get out to, to the nation, and we have a lot of callers that want to jump into the conversation. Let's go to Aaron in South Carolina. Aaron, what do you got, my friend? Good morning, gentlemen. First time calling back in a long time. Thanks for taking my call. You got it, buddy. Um, so one particular booking decision that that came to my mind the last couple of days after after your conversations is Bob Backlund taking the title off of Bret Hart at Survivor Series. Um, I understand that they wanted to capitalize on Diesel and have him shoot to the moon, and they wanted to keep him and Hart apart. But I think that actually really weakened. Diesel's title reign, having it come, a, you know, having him take the title off. Let's be honest, such a weak, weak um, competitor and Bob Backlund at the time. I, I get what you're saying, Aaron, and uh, you know, Bob. I 
I can't make heads or tails of Bob Backlund at that time, Tommy, but that I guess that's a classic case of transitional champion. Yes. And, and you know, in WWE's, if you think about like their history, if you remember Ivan Koloff wanted, uh, they wanted Ivan Koloff to be the one to beat uh, Bob Backlund because he was the only man to beat both Bruno and Bob Backlund. And that never go it happens to be a transitional champion one month later, you know, before Hulkamania, which of course changed Iron Sheik's life. Weirdly, Ivan Koloff was on that same show, which blew my mind because I had he had said that he was, you know, maybe he was finishing up going back to the NWA, but I digress. And I mean, Bob Backlund had a lot of heat, if you remember. That was another dull time of the industry. Yeah. And it was shocking. Yes, transitional champion. I don't think it hurt it because then we had uh, Diesel coming in and, and beating him in 10 seconds. There's no way that Diesel would have beat Bret Hart in 10 seconds. So maybe it was also because Bret respected Bob because Bob was a legit wrestler. And then going to what, I mean, most people also have forgotten about that reign that Bob, you know, was a three-time champion. The Busted Open Podcast is now available on YouTube. This is Dave LaGreca, host of Busted Open, the number one pro wrestling show on the planet. You can now watch and listen to the award-winning Busted Open Podcast every single day on YouTube. Our best interviews, behind-the-scenes access, and some of our best content from the past. All available right now when you go to YouTube.com slash at Busted Open Podcast. Subscribe right now. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash busted open. That's mintmobile.com slash busted open. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash busted open. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Tommy, how about you yes, give sir. us your top five worst booking decisions of all time? Here we go. Number five. Uh, we had discussed it a little bit, but uh, Fritz von Erich faking uh, a heart attack. Um, even back then, I, I just feel that territory, th that family, they had experienced so much loss, trauma, upsetment, and then faking a heart attack of someone who was beloved like Fritz was the final straw where we can't get behind this company anymore as much as we want to. And it led to a lot more of bad things. And I understand why Fritz may have thought getting sympathy on him would help build this company, but you had so much real life sympathy uh, that helped draw houses. Um, but it was just too much, which pretty much started the, the real decline of world-class championship wrestling. Um, number four, something that I was there for, and thankfully the booking plans did not continue, but I got to say, don't know how this isn't on most people's lists. Katie Vick, the oh, Katie Vick angle. Katie Vick. Oh. I mean, if you want to talk about heat, let's go with necrophilia. Oh God. I mean, horrible, horrible decision. Thankfully, the best that he is, you know, Kane had to play the role. Triple H played the role as well. It, it was supposed to go a lot further and by a lot further, it was supposed to be all the way up to WrestleMania. Thankfully, 
they realize this is not working, but man, uh, horrible, horrible, how it started, how it went, and then how it uh, ended. Thank, thankfully, it ended because it could have been worse. It should have been, could have been number one if they would have continued the plans that were on the table. Uh, number three, ending Bill Goldberg's streak the way they did. I mean, you want to talk about, you know, you were just talking about Samoa Joe endorsing somebody else. Whoever would have beat Goldberg, if you would have beat him clean, if you would have done something, that person is a bona fide superstar. Whoever that person is, I ended that streak. But the way they beat him, the that they tased him. I mean, uh, not the best way to end this streak that actually meant something to a lot of people. And I was one of them. How long are they going to do it? What do they do? And it was just really, really bad. And Tommy, Number- it led, I'm sorry, really quick, it led to the finger poke of doom. Like, you figure, like, you know, it led to, go ahead. Which is my number two. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Great minds think alike. The finger poke of doom. I mean, man, talk about horrible, horrible decisions. It's your world title. All this stuff going on, building up all this heat and all this, man, what are they going to do? These two icons are going to, and it was just back to back, really bad stuff that really started, you know, an eventual decline of WCW and they're not in existence anymore. So bad booking decisions really do hurt your business though. This did not hurt the business, but I think of what if, and I don't get it. You and I talk about it. My number one, is Brock Lesnar ending the streak of the Undertaker's streak at WrestleMania. Um, I felt that would meant as much as WrestleMania. It's something that could have continued. And if you think about it, that show, David, you were there live. The every taken out of the building, like all the energy, that main event was affected by Brock beating uh, the Undertaker and ending that streak. That's the most that we talk about from that. And did it really help Brock Lesnar get to the next level? No, because Brock was already there. Brock was there. And I, you know, something like that, either Taker could have gone on forever and went undefeated to be the only wrestler to do it. And, you know, we're talking about streaks with Roman Reigns. Uh, would there ever be a person who could achieve that? I mean, hell, I'm a quarter and O at WrestleMania. I don't got 20 some odd WrestleManias in me. Or or you think about Tito Santana, how many WrestleManias he was involved in. Don't know if you ever have that longevity. It could have been one of the most impressive streaks of all time. And then, you know, you talk about The Undertaker. Is he still over? Is he still an icon? Absolutely. But it's something super duper special that, hey, man, I made it to WrestleMania. Think of who, how many wrestlers are going to have that uh, to make it to WrestleMania and then also to continue to not lose at WrestleMania. I mean, like, who we talk about? Miz, but Miz lost at WrestleMania. So these are things that, you know, John Cena's, they lost, Triple H. Who's going to be that person to ever do that many WrestleManias undefeated? I just think it was a horrible booking decision. It just it made you more pissed and it wasn't heat and didn't help elevate Brock because Brock was already there. And it, and it hurt Roman because if you were going to have Undertaker lose to anybody, it should have been the guy that you know is going to be your guy for the next t- 10 years, and that's Roman Reigns. And Roman beat Undertaker, and it didn't mean anything because Undertaker a couple years earlier lost to Brock Lesnar. So it really didn't do anything to elevate anyone. Uh, for, all the, for all the wrong reasons it was, and... and Listen, man, Undertaker, perhaps the greatest character in pro wrestling. And I'd have a lot of, uh, I don't know how many arguments I'd have to say or have that, you know, that was it. He's a great worker. He's everything that you want. You know, John Cena may be the GOAT, but Undertaker was also that guy who took on that leadership role. He was also the most loyal uh, because he didn't jump ship when everybody else was jumping ship. But he also always delivered, banged up or not. And like you said, it could have meant so much more if you're going to anoint another guy who needed it. Brock didn't need it. Maybe Roman did. And then, you know, we, there's, have there been other great mania matches for 
taker? I don't know. I think that was like the defining moment. Yeah, because I think uh, you had Bray Wyatt the next year, and then uh, Bray Wyatt was injured before that match, and then you had the the match with you know Shane McMahon, um, and then you had the one with Roman, and I think, and then you had that that quick match with uh, John Cena at WrestleMania 34. So um, you're that a built-in thing. Yeah, I'm gonna end that streak. That's it. It's all you have to say. And then you know we were also talking yesterday about. Like, how could they do certain things? They didn't realize what they had uh, with the Undertaker streak. Taker said it till about WrestleMania 10 when they were like, uh, you know, I'm 10 and 0, right? Yeah. So you didn't even realize what you had. And then you build it all up. And, and it's just special. Anybody that challenged him, if you had an up and comer, if you had somebody who, and this person could be it, how do you do it? You step up to the biggest fight, dog in the yard. I faced The Undertaker, and if I lose, I still went up and got my ass kicked by The Undertaker. This is Tommy Dreamer. If you're looking to see and hear Busted Open, then subscribe to the Busted Open podcast on YouTube. Be hardcore. Take them both. All right, let me give, before Sam Roberts joins us, Tommy, what do you say I give my uh, top five, top ten worst booking decisions of all time? I love it. Really fun show. All right, let's go uh, to my number five. And you could tell from uh, the tremendous roar of the crowd, I think a lot of people are like, that WTF question mark. What the fuck? Triple H beating Booker T at WrestleMania 19, Tommy. The whole story was for Booker to win this match. I mean, there was some racial undertone. Like, it was really like... Triple H was a bad guy. Like, I still don't understand, like, that was the finish, was was Triple H beating Booker T at WrestleMania 19. I know that Booker T has gone on record to say that it didn't really bother him. bother him. I, maybe it didn't bother Booker T, but I know it bothered a lot of fans. Uh, yes. Um, not always are happy moments in pro wrestling, uh, but at least it worked out at the end for Booker. Yeah, yeah, it did, but not in that moment. Uh, and and again, that moment is WrestleMania. <laughs> you know, WrestleMania. Hello. All right, let's go to my number four, and we've heard this one before. Going for a triple. Um, I was in the crowd, Tommy, for that moment. Um, I remember doing the post show. We did it at a, a sports bar, Doug and I in new Orleans, and we did the show for about three hours and nobody. And I mean, no one talked about Brian Danielson winning that championship in the main event. All anybody wanted to talk about was that undertaker streak ending. And, of course, Brock Lesnar being the one to end that streak. Doesn't make any sense to me. Again, when you look at it now, almost 10 years later, it still was the wrong decision. If you wanted that streak to end, that streak should have ended with Roman Reigns beating The Undertaker. Because, again, especially with this bloodline story, imagine if Roman Reigns is talking about how he... Uh, ended the Undertaker streak. Now, Sam Roberts joins us right in the middle of my list. And Sam is shaking his head. Sam, you got something to say? Yeah, I was just thinking about if only the Roman Reigns looked dominant, this bloodline story would be working so well. You're right. Roman Reigns is really suffering from not having beaten anybody. If only, if only he had beaten the streak. Can you imagine? If Roman Reigns had beaten the streak, it would have been even worse for him. Do you remember what happened to Roman Reigns when he beat the Undertaker? Yeah, he got booed, which, by the way, isn't that what you want from Roman right now in 2023? He's not beating him in 2023. He's beating him years ago. Sam. A supporter right. of ending the streak. Oh, my now, God. Wait, 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 hold on. I don't know that, Tommy. Now, on my top 10 worst booking decisions of all time, 
I have Brock beating The Undertaker at number four. Tommy had it at number one. Now, I want to hear your take, Sam, because I know you have your top ten list. We'll get it into in a couple minutes. Did you think that Brock should have ended the undefeated WrestleMania streak of The Undertaker? I would not put it anywhere near my list of top ten worst booking. I have, I think that if you look at what that did for Brock, I think people forget what Brock was doing before he beat the undertaker and before Brock beat the undertaker, Brock was losing matches. He was maybe 50, 50 Brock lost to Cena. Brock lost to Hunter. Like Brock was coming in and he would lose the match. When, when Brock went into WrestleMania 30, the assumption was that the undertaker would win, not just because the undertaker always wins, but because Brock's role was, be a tough opponent who's going to lose in the big match between WrestleMania 30 with Brock beating the undertaker and then SummerSlam with Brock destroying Cena. It completely changed the way Brock Lesnar was perceived and used to the point where to this day, that question comes up. There's never a Brock Lesnar match ever again where you go, well, I know Brock's going to lose. You can't say it anymore because of those two matches. And, you know, I, I would have been fine with the Undertaker. I don't think the Undertaker streak needed to end necessarily, but I don't know that it could have been used more valuably than putting it on Lesnar, who has since used that for a decade. All right, Sam, because I got to finish my list and then I want to get to yours. And we're here by, with Sam Roberts. Thanks, Sam, Thank first you. of all, for Thank joining you. us. Um, if you had the pencil, would you have ended Undertaker's WrestleMania streak? I, 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 no, I can't imagine me ever making that decision. As a fan, as someone who loves The Undertaker, as someone who loved the streak, I can't imagine ever saying now is the time let's end it and but that said in hindsight i i don't think brock lesnar beating the streak has been bad at all and i don't think roman would have benefited from it at all i mean i i think people would have rebelled against it so hard if roman had been the one because people did not want roman to be the one well, that it um, wouldn't it wouldn't have been that thing. Well, Tommy, we now know that Sam's not going to have that on his top 10 worst booking decisions <laughs> of all time. But let, let me really quickly uh, uh, finish uh, without the audio. So at number three, I have the finger poke of doom. And you think about that show with the finger poke of doom, because you also had the infamous line from Tony Schiavone about Mick Foley. And uh, that was just a colossal horrific night for WCW at number two. We heard a lot of this from our callers, Tommy, um, uh, the uh, Christmas day massacre, uh, Fritz von Eric faking the heart attack uh, on, on Christmas night uh, for uh, I world totally champion. forgot it was on Christmas. Yeah, it, Merry it Christmas on, fans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Merry Christmas. I just had a heart attack. We have another tragedy on Christmas to <laughs> really go for a heat. And and for those who don't remember, it was. Do you remember the match that led to that heart attack, Tommy? I don't. It was uh, Kerry Von Erich versus Al Perez for for the in a cage for the championship, and the Freebirds came down. Gary Hart was handcuffed to Fritz Von Erich. The Freebirds came back. They attacked Fritz Von Erich, and he seemed fine. And then, as he was going back, he had the heart attack in the entranceway, uh, going back from the ring. Uh, and then it, for people forget this too, a lot of people think that like Kevin Von Erich the next week apologized and that's what it ended. That's not true. I mean, I remember in real time when that was, that went on for weeks. They had reports from the hospital that, that story went on for weeks before they finally said, you know, holy shit, we made a really bad mistake. And then they pulled the plug on it. Um, and then number one and. Next week, Tommy, we're going to do the top 10 greatest booking decisions of all time. This would be on it if it didn't end so bad. This could have been one of the greatest stories in wrestling history if it didn't end so bad. So my number one will always be the main event, 
between Sting and Hogan at Starcade 97. Like, I don't think as a wrestling fan I ever bought into a story more <laughs> than that one. And it had, had a one year build. It had a one year build, and you couldn't have had a worse ending than the one that we saw at Starcade 97. So that's my top 10 list. We welcome in the great, the legendary Sam Roberts. You can hear him on his own show, Jim and Sam on Sirius XM. And of course, the Not Sam uh, Wrestling Podcast. Sam, thanks for joining us and uh, appreciate the feedback. And these lists are fun. And that's why you were the first person we thought of getting on the show today. Well, I really appreciate you guys uh, 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 inviting me on, and I love that list. We will have some repeats, um, but I did. I, had a, I I love doing these lists, and I had a lot of fun coming up with them. So for my list, I made it for me. It had to be stuff that I lived through and saw live. Like, okay. I, you know what I mean? So, like, because I'm with you on the Fritz thing, but I saw the Fritz thing on tape later. Like, I kind of knew it as a bad decision all my life. I didn't get to watch that play out. So that's why that's why everything on my list is stuff that I actually saw, witnessed, felt. And Sam, your really list. quick before you get into your list, like think about yeah. that. We all know because they're making they made a movie about it. You know, yes. like the Iron Claw, like so much tragedy with that family. So let's fake the father of the family <laughs> having a heart on Christmas. Let's oh. do it on Christmas on top of that. I mean, even even the <laughs> Bring in the fake Von Erich in. Like yeah, you built, so the whole the, the the whole territory is built around the faith that you have in this real family. Let's throw it all in the garbage and just say he, this is Lance Von Erich. These fans know this is a guy. I've watched this guy before. He's not a Von Erich. I um, wonder if uh, he even told his family. Oh, probably not. The, probably not. Probably not. Well, That's a good call. You get live reactions right there. <laughs> what a, what a choice just bad no, oh God. anyway uh sam go ahead with this list i can't wait to hear it okay here's my list top 10 yep okay number 10 stone cold steve austin turns heel after wrestlemania 17 bad decision and think about this sam it's still the greatest wrestlemania of all time even with that happening and here's why it made the list is because it's the greatest WrestleMania of all time, arguably. It's my favorite Rock Stone Cold match. But everything you say about that match and that WrestleMania, you have to go except for. As yes. long as you turn it off right before the end, everything's perfect. So that's number 10. Austin turns heel at WrestleMania 17. Uh, number nine... WrestleMania 31, Triple H beats Sting. It's on my list, Sam. Uh, you probably heard some of my rants. Mm -hmm. It makes absolutely no sense. The story that they told in the match makes absolutely no sense. There's no reason for Triple H to beat Sting. And then to just humiliate Sting further, let's have Triple H come back with his wife in the ring with wearing a suit. Not No selling what just happened in that match with Sting. Yeah, and I mean, even the idea that, like, the NWO was coming out to help Sting. It's like, what are we doing? To go back to the Von Erics, it'd be like the Freebirds came out to help them. Like, they would, what? Sam, and you'll appreciate this because you're a man of the people. Like, I was in, and, and you weren't because you're probably working, but I was in the press box at for mm. WrestleMania 31. And all the frauds, as you know, they're all jumping up and down like, what fun. This is awesome. This is great. And I'm Terrible. like, what What are you talking about? What, in what world would the NWO come down to help Sting? In what world? I, rem I remember exactly where I was. I was sitting up front with Kevin Undergaro and Maria Menounos, humble brag, but I was having the same <laughs> conversation as you. Kevin Undergaro was like, all the old guys are back. This is great. And I sat there explaining to him why this made no sense whatsoever and how how dumb this whole we've been waiting for this. They built it from Survivor Series all the way to WrestleMania. The uh, and this 
the company that was established to the group to end the company is going to be with the guy who fought for the company the entire time. <laughs> Just add that I mean, to Starcade 97 as a complete fucking debacle. Go ahead. Terrible. 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 Okay. Number eight. This is uh, uh, from the era of WWE where they started going very soap opera heavy. And this was one of those storylines that I feel like I don't mind the soap opera stuff because I think fun stuff can happen, but it can go very bad. Number eight is Hornswoggle is announced as Vince McMahon's son. Awful. I mean, you could have. I mean, you could have made somebody you could have. And, you know, you go, well, it was supposed to be this guy. It was supposed to be that whatever. Like now that we're there and like, God bless Hornswoggle. Love the dude. Sure. It was great for him in the moment. Where are we going after this? What's the and it, point? And it went nowhere. And and Sam, I it's a good one because I completely forgot about that one. But that's a really good one, Sam. Also, being there live, uh, they kept it quiet to all the talent. Like this was going to be this great big reveal. <laughs> like, and they do stuff like that, or like you know, keep keep the surprise. You know, I've been this the guy. They put me on a bus when I came back for the Slammies to tag with Miz and Alberto Del Rio. And it was like, who is it? Who is it? Like, you're all sworn to secrecy. And then it was like, huh? <laughs> uh, all right. Number seven is Summer of Punk 2011. The whole angle I thought was just a mess. I mean, Money in the Bank 2011 is one of the best full on pay-per-views ever that match. The John Cena CM Punk match is one of my favorite things ever. And crowds fantastic and in Chicago. Crowds fantastic. Kiss goodbye. CM Punk disappears. Everything after CM Punk comes back is a mess. It's a, there's no logic to it. Nobody is going, Oh, hopefully he'll feud with Kevin Nash and God bless Kevin Nash, but Kevin Nash comes out of nowhere completely. We never get any clarification on the weird text message storyline. You're going, why would the whole thing just makes no sense. And Sam, think about this. And it's a, it's a great pick, Sam. Um, the whole thing was that he's taking the world title and he's leaving and he's gone. He misses one Monday night raw and then he's back on TV again. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Some of the things on this list, the reason they make the list is because they have the potential to be like special, arguably industry shifting. The way Punk's pipe bomb promo was industry shifting. And instead, it's like nonsense. It's like, what are we yeah. what are we doing? Um, OK, number six. Hell in a Cell, Seth Rollins versus The Fiend and the 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 non finish finish. And to me. That is like an all encompassing kind of fiend pick where I feel like the fiend as a horror movie guy is like one of my favorite characters ever. But there were just so many times where they clearly did not know how to handle it. They didn't know how to take it as far as it goes and then push the brakes back. There was no it goes back to the thing. There was no. Yeah, but what next? Yeah. Right. They they put the fiend in this position where he couldn't win, but he's in a match where you have to win. There's no there's no way you can't win. And 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 it goes back to the conversation of like, OK, like it's so cool to see the title on the fiend. But how does that exist? Like, how, yeah, how do you tell that story? So coming in at number five. John Cena beats the Nexus. Oh, I I love it. It's on my list, too, Sam. The Nexus were great. That moment on uh, Monday Night Raw when they cleaned house, uh, D Daniel Bryan getting fired because he's you know choking out uh, Justin with the tie, uh, and then to just have them job out to Team WWE and John Cena at SummerSlam, awful booking. You got that yeah. one right, Sam. And like I said, I mean most of these, most of my decisions are based on things are made worse by what they could have been, meaning. You've got the potential for greatness. And when that's squandered, I feel like it's even worse than just making a bad decision. Like you had it all there. And that's a prime example of it. Coming in at number four, 2015. I think it was 2015. Royal Rumble. Roman Reigns wins. 
in Philly. Yeah. Roman Reigns winning the Royal Rumble. I'll tell you why that was a bad decision. Uh, and I mean, people, I think, don't associate it with a bad decision because they course corrected by the end of it, right? With the WrestleMania 31 finish. But it took them that long to course correct. I mean, I remember going to Philly and the person that I was with was wearing a Roman Reigns shirt. And I told her, you need to cover that up. If he wins, they're going to burn this place down. And I think they're going to have him win. Cover it up. <laughs> and she was like, Real? and so it's like, you knew. I say that yeah. to say people knew this was not going to go well. I think also people forget because the finish of WrestleMania 31 was so great. Morale was low going into WrestleMania 31. People were not happy with the main event. And Roman Reigns at that point had been shoved down our throats at a time when we didn't want didn't want that. Um, and so, yeah, so number number four is Roman winning that rumble. That said, Roman's the greatest of all time now. Number three. Oh, boy. <laughs> number three. Well, at least he didn't say John Cena. Go ahead. Number three. Well, I was going to say, like, that's that's Cena's moniker. I think yeah. that Michael Cole would like to have some speaks with I, you. Not I, I Cena put said, more Cena said, Cena said yeah. Roman was the greatest. He said it on when our asked. show. He said it on your yeah. show. And he said it at uh, uh, other places as well. Go ahead, Sam. Number three, worst booking decision of all time. Hulk Hogan beats Yokozuna at WrestleMania 9. I mean, yeah, I think it was hideous in the sense that, like, they were already working towards building this new roster and they set themselves back an entire year. They weren't back on the right path until the end of WrestleMania 10. That's when you know you've messed up. How old were you Uh, at this time? Nine. WrestleMania nine. I was. Yeah, I was nine. Yeah. Yeah, and, 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 and I didn't realize at nine years old how bad this was at the time, right? I, I was like, it's it wonky would be the word, right? Because I still, at nine, you're still like, Hulk Hogan is cool. Right. But, like, you knew it was wonky, and then it leads to all these other bad decisions. It leads to never finding out who lit Hulk Hogan on fire as the photographer. It leads to Lex Luger getting a countout victory at SummerSlam. It leads to just this chain reaction. But it all starts when Hogan wins at WrestleMania nine. Still is a big mystery. I don't know who did it. Who was the guy? I don't know. I'd also, love also to find Lisa, out. Also, Lisa Bobby Heenan on a camel. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Coming in at number two. John Cena loses to The Miz at WrestleMania 27. Mm. WrestleMania 27 is my least favorite WrestleMania of all time. I hate, <laughs> except for the Undertaker match, I hate WrestleMania 27. And it wasn't just that John Cena lost. It was that John Cena lost. Miz won in a way that was not convincing at all. It did nothing for the Miz. And at the end of the show, the babyface moment is given to the host. And I understand it. it's all to build towards WrestleMania a year from now and then a year from now. And then a year. that moment, like you still could have gone with John Cena versus The Rock. But why put John Cena in a position where he feels so less than you just lost the main event of WrestleMania. You were humiliated by The Rock and The Rock got the moment at the end of the show. And now you expect any of us to believe that John Cena is going to beat The Rock a year from now? That's a tough one. Bothers me to this day. You yeah. know, and, and Sam, you're right. It's it's definitely like top three worst WrestleManias of all time, other than the Undertaker Triple H match, which, by the way, is absolutely fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very underrated match. And I think it's so underrated because it was a part of that WrestleMania. I think if that match was on any other WrestleMania, it would be one of the best WrestleMania matches of all time, but it's kind of forgotten because it was a part of WrestleMania 27. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, look, WrestleMania 27 has other issues. I could easily argue that the decision to make Michael Cole versus Jerry Lawler 28 minutes long and have Cole win in a reversal is the craziest thing I've ever heard, but I didn't want to go WrestleMania 27 heavy. Uh, Number one, Number one, 
the worst booking decision ever made. Dave, my number one is Hulk Hogan versus Sting, Starcade '97. It, it's I. You just you you said it. You hit the nail on the head. As somebody that was so wrapped up, and it wasn't just a year long build. The build started at Fall Brawl the year before. It yep. was it was like sixteen months of build, and 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 NWO had literally plowed through everybody. They buried the entire company, but it was all okay because Sting was their guy. You can bury the company for a year as long as. At the end, Sting gets the victory and we're all good. But instead, we got one of the worst finishes in in history. And you're left with nobody. Everybody looks worse coming out of that, including Nick Patrick. Everybody. Everybody. Yeah. And 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 Sam, first of all, great list. I love it a lot. We're from my list to Tommy's list to your list, and I'm sure when we hear Jonathan's list, a lot of a lot of moments that I forgot about, a lot of moments I I regret wishing I could have put on my list. But that is the number one, and we've heard so many stories throughout the years. Was it Hogan's fault? Was it Hogan saying I wasn't going to do this? Was it Sting going coming in? you know, out of shape, not even having a tan. The, first of all, it starts yeah, Eric from Bischoff, the Eric, Eric Bischoff said it was because Sting didn't have a tan. That's you know right. who else didn't have a tan? The Crow didn't have a tan. <laughs> um, also, you hear also, all Patrick these reasons. Nick Patrick also didn't have a tan. Yeah, true. But the biggest thing, guys, is I knew we were in trouble right from the get-go. First of all, Sting's entrance, the cobwebs at the top of the stadium, like so cool. The kid's voice creepy, and then, and then the laziest entrance of a wrestler ever <laughs> is when Sting's coming out just like dragging the bat on the ground. Like I'd rather be anyone aired anywhere but here I mean, right now. Do you know how insulting it is? As a because this is what it is, right? To me, one of the things that makes bad booking bad booking is that you, as a fan, are insulted by it, and it is insulting that for 16 months we watched a show going, oh, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. And then you get to the show and anybody, you could be watching wrestling for six weeks and you could watch Starcade and realize they just figured this out today. They had 16 months. I've been engaged this whole time and they didn't even consider what the match was actually going to look like. They literally just figured out this thing 16 months in the making this afternoon, and it stinks. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open Monday through Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.